People, what's happening? What up with it? What you doing good and what it do? We'd like to thank you for tuning in and spending your time with us. You're listening to Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast, the most provocative, the most entertaining, the baddest podcast in the land. We're hitting you with the dopest topics, the rawest opinion, while giving you straight up facts. That's right. No fake news here. I'm Jewel St. James. I'm Dead Press. I'm no bad. We're giving sight to the blind today, ladies and gentlemen. On today's pod, we'll be pulling back the curtain on the NBA's plan to restart the season in Orlando next month. Fellas, what's poppin'? Man, what's good, man? It's been a lot of stuff going on with the NBA, fellas. Man. Yeah, no, it's like, it's more than just stuff going on. I mean, you got arguments, you got will they play, won't they play, who ain't gonna show up, a lot of drama going on right now. Man, I wish I could play some basketball. You can in your driveway. Yeah, I believe in you. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Jules, hey, Jules, I thought you I thought you was out there working on your jump shot, man. I gave it up. <laughs> you gave it up, man. Or just stick to playing defense. Just tackle and block. Oh, yes, sir. You know that uh, my famous footwear shoes, uh, it's, not, it's not supporting the knees and the ankles. <laughs> you got to stay out of Ross, man. Ross ain't going to sell you no good shoe, man. Oh, man. <laughs> You're not buying them, them $30 specials. I'm
You guys can learn more about Sumato Coffee on their website, sumatocoffee.com, S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. Use discount code BALLERSCOFFEE and you receive a 25% discount for being a Pulling Back the Curtain listener. As always, we appreciate the support and thank you, Sumato Coffee. Fellas, let's get into episode 21. Novak, break down that NBA uh, proposed uh, restart plan for us real quick. It took me a while to wrap my mind around this one. You know, this seems like something that Brian James dreamed up in his sleep. You know, it's uh, it's 22 teams. Um, you got eight teams from Eastern Conference. That's uh, Eastern Conference is bringing the Milwaukee Bucks, the Toronto Raptors, Boston Celtics, Miami Heat, Indiana Pacers, Philadelphia 76ers, Brooklyn Nets, and Orlando Magic. The Western Conference is bringing uh, Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Thunder, uh, Rockets, Mavericks, and Grizzlies. So those eight, those 16 teams are the teams right now, if the season ends today, those, those 16 teams will automatically be in the playoffs. So what that does pretty much is that brings the NBA to an interesting dilemma. So you got teams that are in the bubble to making the playoffs who basically they're going to experiment with a play-in tournament. They're going to bring in uh, the Portland Trailblazers, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Spurs, the Suns, and the Wizards. So you got a total of 22 teams. The other eight teams are told to stay at home. <laughs> so mm-hmm. our, our beloved Bulls are at home. We knew the Knicks weren't going anywhere. The Pistons, <laughs> you know, the Pistons are at home. So it gives Derek more time to you know, beat Derek. Uh, the Hawks are at home. We, I keep seeing Trey Young all over the internet hooping against high school kids. The Cavaliers at home, the Timberwolves, and the Warriors, who who I wish weren't at home because all they're doing is getting good right now. So you know, <laughs> the Warriors are going to use this time as you know to develop their young talent and get Clay, Clay, and uh, the rest of those guys healthy right now and get Steph healthy. And so nobody's guys, and nobody's talking about that, uh, Novak. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, they're silently playing you know Fortnite every night on the Kumpo. I mean, that's all all types of tampering going on right now outside of this. I do see having these twenty two teams together and you know in Disney. You know, playing at those various venues in, in that area, pretty much, is like the biggest tampering you're ever going to see right now. Because these guys have the ability now to either hate on each other or become, you know, or, or basically align to create super teams for the future. Because this amount of talent concentrated, you know, on those acres of land is dangerous, you know, health wise and for the future of basketball. But I understand why they want to do it. I just think, you know, there's more. There's more to life in sports at this point. Um, the other thing right now uh, with this whole format that comes back, you know, what they're going to do pretty much is, you know, they're going to, you know, it's going to be like a tournament. You know, uh, what's going to happen is pretty much, um, you know, those teams are going to, you know, those playoffs teams basically, they're going to be reseeded one through 16, you know, once the, you know, once the playoffs start pretty much, you know, for the format. Um, it's going to, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the whole concept of the Disney bubble is very intriguing right now with those teams that have been invited because, you know, the thing about it is I don't understand how do you keep them safe? Because, you know, Disney, I mean, Disney is a, it's a great venue to, to host 22 teams. There's limits right now how many people could be there. Um, it's, 37, it's 37 people per team right now. So if you multiply that by 22, that's a, that's a pretty large number of people. Uh, they're going to have a snitch hotline. <laughs> for snitching on people who are in social distancing. <laughs> I, 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 I saw that, and you, and you know your boy Bron gonna be the first person on that on that phone. Him and Chris Paul, the biggest snitches in the league. 
Let's call that the LeBron hotline to championship. You know, it's like you call the hotline, he answers the phone. What do you want to report? <laughs> <laughs> like, is that, is that LeBron on the other side of this line? No, no, this is Chris Paul. Uh, <laughs> all right, so you know, my wife is joking that uh, it's going it's to be the guy from State Farm answering the phone. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, it's going gonna, it's, it's to be crazy you think about it. So they got a snitch hotline. Uh, you know, like pretty much, uh, they're not, you know, like the players won't be able to bring family members or anything into the bubble except the first round of the playoffs. You know, and I, and I think that's really weird. And they're going to have three guests. So that's the that's the wife, the mistress, and somebody else can come into the, it was one of the three guests. And I think, I think that's going to be really interesting to see who gets invited to come into the bubble at this point. Well, I, I, I thought I heard something along the lines that the players were saying that uh, they uh, feel like they're not going to be able to have uh, their family come down. So you're saying that you can have people come down yeah. there with you? I'm hearing three people. Three people okay. after, the first round, after the first round of the playoffs. So basically, if you're – Oh, I got you. So yeah. not during this initial uh-huh. part, but once they get to the playoff portion. Because they're hoping that when they get to the playoff portion, what's going to happen is, uh, you know, because right now the max is 1,600 people in the bubble. That's the max. I think that's including ESPN, who's got to be there, obviously, because, you know, Disney, you know, Disney's the parent mm-hmm. company. Well, yep. So they're going to be there. Uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting. I mean, like right now, you know, a player, you know, a player's in there for, you know, 10 days pretty much. If you, if you test positive with COVID in that situation, um, I guess pretty, pretty much they're going to quarantine you and they're going to be asked to leave, you know, the player, the player base will be in self-quarantine for 10 to 14 days after testing positive. And they're going to frequently test the teammates to make sure that they don't have it. So the, the bad news here, that 113-page document that I read over, is that if a player tests positive, he can literally take his whole team out. You know what I mean? The whole team could basically come up short because I don't know if you've been watching the whole situation with Clemson, where Clemson had the 22 student-athletes test positive. Yeah, I saw that. One person affected 22 people in a matter of days. So if Rudy Gobert happens again, the Rudy Gobert situation happens again inside the bubble, it can take out a whole team. So, you know, teams might not just get eliminated by playing basketball. It might get eliminated by COVID. COVID might be a natural opponent during this, uh, this proposed setting. Um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, the NBA finals are going to wrap up by October 13th. Don't let October 13th. That means we're gonna have a start date of like November attempt to start the you know the new season. So these guys aren't gonna have a break at this point. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be really easy right now. Uh, no. Was they talking about November or, or December first? They talking about the new season. They're talking November now. They moved November. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep, they moved that up. So yeah. And I, t- and, I, and I tell you one thing, Novak. That's a great point that you bring up mm-hmm. um, because. And people have to realize what they're asking the players to do right now. They're asking the players to not only continue to play, but they're asking themselves, that the, these players, to jeopardize their health. And they're asking them to not have much of an offseason because these players that are going to be going in the playoffs, they're going to have a quick turnaround to reopen the season all over again in two months' time. Right, right. See, I'm more concerned about injuries at this point because basketball, football is sports where if you're not in tip-top condition or your body's not used to performing at a high level, you're going to, you know, what happens if a player blows out his ACL or something like that? You know, I mean, what happens if a player has a George Paul injury like he had during the Olympics that year? I mean, mm-hmm. they got to put some type of safety protocol in play because you can have a career-ending injury just because somebody wants to take it to another level on the pay scale right now. 
So uh, one of the things I want to touch upon is this whole ninth seed thing really quickly. So the way it works is the ninth seed. Now, this is like something out of a bad basketball camp. So the, so, so the ninth seed right now, you know, both conferences, is if they were within four games of number eight seed, then those two teams would participate in a play-in tournament. So, like, say if the Portland Trailblazers are four games, you know, behind the Dallas Mavericks, right, you know, for that, for that final spot before the playoffs start, they're going to have a play-in tournament to get, in, to, get into the, you know, to get into the playoffs. So, it's a weird scenario because being four games back is easy. You know, so you can have a play-in tournament regardless, unless, unless, unless nine through whatever are terrible at this point. Mm-hmm. So, I mean – that's a good point, Novak. And also, too, think about some of those teams that are on the bubble. Uh, you mentioned uh, – who'd you mention? Uh, Memphis is one of those teams, right? Yeah. Portland. Yeah. I mean, you got Port- yeah, you got Portland. You got the Pelicans. No, M- Memphis actually made the playoffs, even though they're under 500. They're the AFC. <laughs> so, yeah, they're the AFC. They're the yeah. AFC. So, so, wow. Okay. So, Memphis, Memphis and Portland or the Pelicans can have a, can have a, can have a playoff, a play-in game. The team, the team you got to worry about is San Antonio. The San Antonio Spurs. Popovich has been in prime form the last couple of weeks. He showed videos by racial justice. He is, uh, he, you know, he's he's connected with the players. He got people believing in what he believes in right now. The San Antonio Spurs are coming off an emotional high right now of having a leader uh, as a coach. He basically believes in what everybody else believes in. Everybody else in the world, and in terms of African American, believes in. I mean, Popovich has been awesome during this whole entire experience. He really I mean, has. He's he been really awesome. has. So, yep. He's rallying those guys, and they can go from being like out the playoffs, in the playoffs, just on pure emotion right now because he's saying all the right things. He, you know, he's 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 holding meetings. He's you know he's checking in on people. He's out there marching. Popovich has been been wonderful during this process. And I and I'll tell you one thing: all it takes is for one of those bubble teams to get hot. And then they're gonna be playing that one seed in in the, in the uh, West, the, the Lakers. And the Lakers may have a tough uh, matchup in mm-hmm. that eight seed, especially if they have to play Portland, because mm-hmm. you know Dame he comes to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the thing with the Lakers is, you know, Father Time. You know, we gotta understand LeBron's older at this point. You also gotta understand that his teammates, you know, Avery Bradley in particular, is now on the same page with him right now. You know, these guys don't want to play. So also, also Dwight Howard. Yeah, Brett, yeah, and Howard, yeah. Yeah, Howard doesn't want to play. I mean, you know, as you go into the whole three-week camp situation, so NBA facilities are opening up. You know, they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna practice getting shape for three weeks, which is not enough time. This is three weeks without any warm-up games or preseason at this point. And most of these guys, you know, do other activities when they're not playing. So you're talking about guys that, <laughs> you know, guys that have been doing things that are not basketball related. And now all of a sudden they got to detox and get ready for NBA season. And, you know, most people, you know, they want to be with their families during this particular time in, you know, mm-hmm. in the country. So it's a, it's a very distracted vibe that's going on with this whole experience. I mean, I don't think three weeks is enough time personally to get world-class athletes in shape. I mean, what do you got to do? I mean, you can barely practice right now in three weeks. I mean, you can't have everybody touching everybody. You got to keep testing them for Corona every day. So the question is, during the three-week camp, you know, every team is holding. How many how many infections are we going to see in three weeks? Because they're not in the bubble when they're doing this training camp at this point. You know what I mean? They're they're in their own facilities. Oh, you're you're definitely going to see you're definitely going to see spikes, uh, Novak. Um, and I think uh-huh. the thing is with that three-week uh, training camp, do you think that the league 
did that in case a player does test positive, then they quarantine that player for 14 days and that player then has it maybe a week, week and a half to get up to speed? Like, what do you, what do you think went into that three-week uh, uh, time period? I think I think they're thinking about that. I think there's a 14-day quarantine period inside that three weeks, you know, which basically means they got one week to get up to speed. You know, the, prob- the problem with that is if players test at different times positive, then you got to stagger, you know, 14, 14 day situation right now. So you're looking at situations where injured reserve is going to be COVID reserve at this point. There's going to be a lot of players on COVID reserve. And so, and I think that's just what's going to happen is that's the reason why this tournament to me is kind of fugazi to a certain point because there is no way that these players aren't going to test positive for COVID-19. It's impossible. I mean, I've seen like the, the whole ring they're going to wear, the whole, you know, uh, you know, I, th- I thought about Lord of the Rings. I saw it pretty much of people uh, wearing rings to alert them if they got COVID antibodies on their clothing and stuff like that. You know, it's like, you know, this stuff is it's too much right now. I think, you know, you know, I want to, you know, I want to talk to Jules a bit to see what he thinks about the whole safety uh, protocol for the NBA. You know, it's it's it's, it's not a full uh, proof plan, but it's a it's 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 something right now that the league can do. It's it's best what they get. I mean. As we go on from this COVID uh, uh, virus, we're learning more about it and stuff like that. We know, well, we know it's not airborne. So, only thing you can do is checking temperature, like you talked about the the Lord of the Rings, where the ring they can wear and they detect if your your oxygen levels is low or or your uh, temperature go your body temperature goes up and you're like in that 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 warning stage of catching the um, COVID virus. You know, it's cute and stuff. Like I said, it's it's it's, it's, it's a lot right now, but this is what you have to do to, this is what you have to do to uh, get this basketball thing up and rolling. Um, you know, one thing about human beings, man, we adapt, man. We adapt, we adapt to our environments and, and overcome and, and keep pushing. I think this is one of the ways that I guess we can. Everybody stay in this bubble. Everybody's at this, this, uh, the Disney uh, spot, the ESPN, uh, Disney uh, in Orlando's uh, place. And, you get you getting your temperature checked. Your you get your range. You're not going out. You can't leave now unless it's absolute emergency, a death in the family, or, or, you know, a, a medical emergency. You know, baby. You know, somebody's delivering or anything like that. So pretty much, everybody's gonna be on top of each other and hanging around and stuff. I never been to this place, so it sounds like it's huge. So, so oh yeah, this, this and you gonna get and you get this and you get huge. entertainment. <laughs> you gotta make sure you gotta make sure you you gotta make sure the entertainment's good. So, I mean, <laughs> right. Well, the what the one thing I was gonna say, Jules, because you obviously you both hit on this and you guys make good points. Um, I read where the NBA is actually planning to have a daily uniform testing for COVID nineteen within the campus there. Um, also, they're making any Disney employee go through the same type of protocol that the players mm-hmm. have to go through. Um, so I thought that that was really interesting. Also, I read where if a player tests positive uh, for COVID, uh, that player would be removed from the team and they will quarantine on their own and go through like a training regimen to get that person back healthy again. And then they would continue to test other people on the team as they continue to play on. Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, and, and also the, the testing start in a few days. They start on the th- 23rd, I believe I read. They're gonna start this uh positive this uh COVID testing. And any and anybody uh is tested positive, they're not gonna suspend the season. 
they're going like you uh, like you said no bag they're going to take that person and isolate them and quarantine them for for 14 days or however it, it takes to for that person to get well so oh, they yeah. they they yeah. with the 113 pages they really the healthy and safety protocol they really took some time and and um and figuring this thing out like we didn't even talk about the uh far as cats wearing masks you know the coaches and 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 they're going to be placed in the second row or if they're older then they will definitely have to practice social distancing and stuff so right uh i wanted to ask you guys and just where, where our listeners that may not be aware of this what are the players actually allowed to do and also not to do while they're down in the uh, the walt disney bubble Nothing. well the nba is not super clear about that right now i mean i know they're not allowed to leave I know. Right. I didn't see, you know, they haven't got granular with like no sex and anything like that. <laughs> so, but I'm quite sure there's something out there like that. You know, we probably won't find out about that stuff until it leaks from players. I think that Kyrie Irving knows a lot about what's going on, you know, a lot about what they won't be able to do. And I think that's the reason why he's been very vocal. We'll get up, we'll talk about that later in the podcast. But I think that uh, I can see, like, you know, if you want to speculate on what we think it is, you know, the usual. I mean, it's just usual things. No drugs. There's probably no going out at night. It's probably no socializing in bars or frequenting, you know, club areas in the Disney Resort. Hopefully they close those down, but you never know. <laughs> but I, 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 I can see it pretty much. Don't do anything. You know, don't do any. I mean, probably no large group assemblies and stuff for teams and stuff like that. I think it's going to be very clear. You know, it's just, you know. But they're still gonna they're still gonna be able to break the rules. I mean, it's just what people do in everyday NBA life. They just don't get caught. Uh, you bring up a good point because basically, at the end of the day, humans are humans. I mean, look at uh, people in our everyday lives. You got people out here that don't want to wear masks right now. Mm-hmm. You know, so right. these these guys are gonna be no different. Um, right. I actually did see somewhere. I don't know if this is definitive or not, but I read somewhere that the players and coaches will be allowed to golf and eat at outdoor restaurants but they have to maintain social distancing. And I also heard something about teammates aren't going to be able to go and visit each other in their rooms or something along those lines. I don't know if you guys heard anything about that. I heard about that, but that also brings up that <laughs> the elephant in the room because, you know, the NBA is presumed to be predominantly heterosexual. And, you know, and, you know there's some rumblings out there. It's not quite what you think. So a lot of this is going to be trying to protect teammates and different colleagues from different colleagues from not spreading spreading coronavirus. I know that that's a touchy situation, especially in the black community about sexuality. But, you know, these are things the NBA has got to deal with at some point. And they're going to have to really deal with it living in a bubble. Well, you know, also, also they, pretty much, they have to sign this contract. I don't know if you guys know, it's a, uh, they have to, uh, uh, sign sign off saying they understand all the rules and regulations of what's going on. If not, you, it can be a minimum a warning, or you can get banned. So oh, really? I didn't. Yeah. I didn't hear that. Okay. Yep. yep. Uh, you know, all team, all players, team, staff, and guests must follow these pre-arrival and, and, and campus protocol. You know, you also have to sign off on their adherence and writing. And players who do, uh, everyone be required to certified in writing that they will ad- adhere to all pre rapper rules and, 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 and league rules. So, yeah, they, like I'm saying, they ain't playing. They, 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 the NBA, they cover all their, uh, they cover all their angles on this one. But I mean, far as 
like you said, if they can go out and golf and, and eat and stuff, you can you can do social distancing and golf and eat and stuff. You eat outdoors and stuff like that, which is cool. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a little different. Like you said, prayers about human beings, man. You, you know, as far as you try to get somebody, hey, listen, these are the rules. You think it, the company thinking, hey, listen, here's how we can protect you. And you know, sometimes you get people to be like, you know what, man. I don't want to do this or I have a problem with this. I can't live my life. I'm I'm feeling trapped. I'm in jail. You know, right now, just it's different times right now with this COVID. I mean, we still learn, we learn a lot from it, but we're still learning. So, uh, no, we, we, we definitely are. Um, one thing that I did want to ask you, Jules, cause you, you break up really good points on that. Um, we, we talked about the players and their safety when it comes to the COVID, but what about, um, the teams that have older coaches. So Novak brought up uh, Popovich earlier, and, and he thought that the, the Spurs mm-hmm. could be that sleeper team. But I worry about uh, Popovich because he's in his 70s, and from some of the data that we've seen when it comes to COVID-19, we've seen that some of the older population is still susceptible to getting sick from this virus. So what do you think happens to these teams that have the older coaches and team personnel? So the coach uh, – I'm sorry, the uh... – the uh, commissioner Adam Silver was proposing to keep for the for the coaches at that uh, that age to uh, keep social distancing, wear masks, uh, you know, because like uh, nobody like you said, Greg Popovich, he's seventy one. You get uh, Mike D'Antoni from Rockets, he's sixty nine. Portland coach uh, Stotts, he's sixty two. Uh, so you, you have co- older coaches in there uh, can be susceptible to this uh, to this uh, virus, so they want them to practice social distancing wear a mask and stuff. I know that's going to be hard because you can't really coach in the mask and, you know, so practice social distancing, but also they're going to uh, test them. They're going to test them to see if they have any underlying health issues and stuff to, you know, get a, uh, to get a, get a, a handle on it. Yeah. That's, that's going to be really important. I mean, as we, as we do mm-hmm. this, um, Novak question for you. Um, based on everything that you broke down for our audience, which that was very detailed and thank you very much. Do you think that the NBA should go ahead with this proposed format? And then do you think this format will work? Personally, no, Uh, because the problem is I say, I'm going to say no twice. I don't think I say no, because there's too many unknown variables at this point. I mean, one of the things you got to think about underlying health conditions, a lot of NBA players have underlying health conditions, you know, at this point. A lot of these coaches are older, have health issues. Um, you're asking men to be disciplined inside a bubble, right, for like weeks. And, you know, they can't be disciplined inside a city, which is like a, like a bigger bubble for weeks. So, you know, you know I, think, I think personally this situation is going <laughs> to lead to a lot more social media about what so-and-so is doing. They're going to have friendships break up because people are going to snitch on each other about what they saw. You know, you're going to have you're gonna unauthorized sex going on everywhere. I mean, it's going to be nuts in this situation because how do, you, how do you control this? I mean, you can't control it. Plus, they're taking a pay cut at this point. So, you know, the only reason they're playing, someone playing right now is because they didn't get that superstar money. Most of the superstars got paid up front for the year. That's, and exactly, then, that's exactly right. Say that again for the audience. Yeah, most of the superstars got paid up front for the year. So these, these other guys that basically are, you know, are trying to come back and play, they need money for whatever it be, to support their lifestyle, mm-hmm. support those baby mamas, to support whatever the hell they paid for all year. I mean, but that goes back to, you know, 
basically in a nutshell be more sensible financial financial you know more financially responsible at this point because you know it doesn't make any damn sense to me that you know i think sports are good to have but we're at a point in this country where we got too much stuff going on to sit there and watch a guy dribble a ball with no crowd i mean it's gonna be really awkward to hear a ball dribbling like that you know that goes back to basketball's roots dribbling the ball in the gym you can hear it you know we, we never hear an nba basketball dribble unless you're at the game and, and, and the team sucks. You don't hear it at this point because there's no crowd there. But, you know, it's going to be really weird, you know, to have that format. And then the fact that I still don't think anybody's going to acknowledge this champion as being a legitimate champion, even if you win it all in this situation, because it's a COVID year. It's kind of an asterisk. This is a like steroid ball almost a certain, a certain thing with baseball. Nobody cares. I mean, I think the, I think the NBA right now has put money before, before health at this point. They could they can affect the universe in more different ways than having this tournament. They could do so they could they go out there and do more social projects. They get out there and march more with the, the communities. They can organize media. They can do talks and everything else besides what they're doing right now. It's not we shouldn't play right now. It's not the time. Mm. I'ma just say uh I think I respect what you said, no bet. But I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go the other way. The only reason because if you if you do do this, if they do do this, which they are, and it works, then they're gonna be called a genius. Now we gotta listen. We gotta we gotta move on. We gotta keep moving, and we gotta get this thing get this thing going. Cause we, we can't just sit around and just. I ain't gonna lie, guys. It's 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 you need this. It's not a distraction, but you need something uplifting right now because it's so much bad stuff out there. It's just your morale and you're just, you're walking in this world and you're like, man, what, what is going on? You know, it's, it's a different world, you know, 40 something year old man. And I never felt like, man, where are we going? Where's this world going? We need to kind of bounce out and get some, get some good stuff going on. And I think basketball it's not the, it's not the cast meow, but it's something. It gives you something else to look at, something else to talk about. You know, you get, you kind of get expired. You're looking at different things. You're looking at these athletes and they're, they're positive and stuff. And, you know, it might not be, you know, the NBA finals that we, we're used to, but it's, it's something. I think it might, I think this might work. If everybody just comply and just, you know, okay, let's try this thing out and, and, and everybody's uh, safe and healthy and stuff. I think this, I think this is gonna work. I think it can work. I think it'll be good for what we need right now. Well, what, what I'll say to you, cause you guys both bring up good points on, on either side and, and, and I will dig into this a little bit more in our next segment here. But one thing that I wanted to bring in just to, to basically tie up basically what we discussed these, the NBA is proposing with uh, this plan in regards to safety protocols that they, they are going to have four hours in between games on each individual court to accommodate for any overtime for them to be able to clean up the courts and also to allow teams and players to warm up. So the league is mm -hmm. going to be using three separate courts in the complex for these games. So with that being said, it seems like the league has tried to do their due diligence to do this in a manner where they're keeping the players safe. However, like what Novak mentioned, I desperately think that this might not be the time 
for us to be thinking about playing basketball. And as we look at what Kyrie Irving has proposed uh, through the, the players, and he set up that separate call um, to just basically be able to play devil's advocate and get the players to maybe look at this thing in a different light. Um, Novak, I was going to kick this over to you. Can you explain to our audience Kyrie's role as a VP of uh, the NBPA? Well, Kyrie, well, Kyrie Irving pretty much, he, he was elected as vice president to replace Pal Gasol, who was the, you know, the vice president for a while. And, uh, you know, what happens is you get, a, you get a three-year term, you get elected. So the, vice, so the vice president, what he does pretty much is, like, he, he's the union's second-ranking uh, leader. He's second in command of the union right now. Uh, you know, pretty much he, you know, like you got, thir- you know, you got 30 player representatives out there. But then you got the executive committee, which, you know, includes Chris Paul, uh, you got Equidala, and then you got Anthony Tolliver. Oh, wow, Anthony Tolliver got a job that isn't playing basketball, huh? <laughs> so, mm. so pretty much, so, 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 no, sorry about Anthony Tolliver. Anyway, I think you're an okay player. <laughs> <laughs> So you got so you got those vice presidents. So the vice presidents, what they do pretty much is they help pretty much, you know, they help the 30 other representatives out there and they relay information back to the president, who's Chris Paul, and they pretty much, you know, talk about player issues, like if a player has a, a problem that's unbasketball related and they need support, they bring that information to Chris Paul, and Chris Paul works with the NBA to make sure that player is provided adequate care or treatment, like if there's a drug issue, like I didn't know Malik Monk had got suspended for cocaine use. And so, and I was reading, yeah, I was reading Kyrie Irving's response on that. I mean, he really helped him. He really helped get this guy back in the league. I mean, he got suspended. I didn't even know. Press brought it up to me a few days ago. You know, Malik Monk got suspended. I'm like, no. And so, so, <laughs> so, so I think, you know, it's one of those things where Kyrie's role pretty much is he has a say so. He's a voice for those other 30 representatives out there. So that's what the role of the vice president is. The vice president pretty much is it's more like a, it's like a state representative. Basically. No, it's like a senator pretty much. The state reps are the 30 people that represent the 30 teams. And, um, you, know, it's, you know, Kyrie got that job because Kyrie you know, is often looked at as a disruptor. And he's somebody that basically has a lot to say. You know, I didn't agree with the flat earth situation. I thought that was hilarious. I thought it was a joke, but he took it to the next I, level. I thought it was a joke too. <laughs> he really got upset about it. I mean, but I think you also got to understand that Kyrie is quite intellectual by NBA standards and by standards in general. I mean, the guy, the guy got into Duke. Idiots don't go to Duke. You know, Kyrie Irving has always been very articulate, well-spoken, and you know he might not be "quote unquote" woke like a certain other NBA player that you know, remains nameless in Los Angeles, <laughs> but. <laughs> But I, but I would say mm-hmm. that I, I respect I respect Kyrie's intellect. I like I like hearing him debate stuff, even if it might not be right all the time. But he but he, you know everything's articulate. There's no double negatives. He's straight to the point. I mean, and he's passionate about what he believes in. Even if he even if he wants to believe the Earth is flat, he almost made me believe it. I mean, it's like, yeah, he's I, he's he's got like a calm demeanor when he speaks. You know, right? It's real stoic. Yep. You know. I don't know how this is going to bode well for him in future NBA discussions because he's going down a very, very dangerous path right now, being ostracized by the NBA or being forced into a situation. This might be his last contract because you get the mm-hmm. title of being a disruptor. Who's going to sign him and bring him into their locker room at this point? 
Well, that's that's a great point, Novak, because you already have Woj carrying the league's water right now, uh, painting Kyrie as that disruptor and putting all this stuff in uh, social media. Um, you got a lot of guys out here smearing uh, Kyrie's name. Jules, real quick, man, I was going to ask, when you look at Kyrie's role uh, that Novak, you know, broke down, Kyrie was involved in those initial conversations with the, the other members of the, uh, the Players Association, and he helped foster in this format and this agreement. However, Kyrie changed his mind. Why do you think that Kyrie changed his mind? Well, he said, Kyrie said that the players are maybe used as pawns. He thinking that players have been used as pawns to help owners avoid crippling financial losses and provide entertaining distraction for this country that already spent three months in quarantine. You know, talking about the killing of George Floyd, the protests, American plague by racial discrimination, police brutality, and just pretty, pretty much stereo, being stereotyped. Okay, so he, I don't know if he talked to Farrakhan or somebody, but at first, like you said, he dropped the plan to help get this thing going. Now he's, well, it may be a distraction. Um, I think somebody put put a bug in his ear. I don't know. I just want to say it's not. At, at some point, you're gonna to have to uh, you're gonna to have to move this thing go move this thing forward. Uh, distractions. There's always gonna be distractions. There's always gonna be distractions. Guess what, people? It's always gonna be racism. It's always gonna be something. It's always gonna be something. So all you can do, all you can control, is all you can control. So him doing this and he get a couple, you know, uh, other. Uh, I know uh, uh, Novak, you brought up. Uh, Dwight Howard and, and Avery from uh, Lakers. Okay, mm, what are they gonna do for the Lakers anyway? Who cares? So you gotta kinda, you gotta be smart. You gotta be smart. You gotta be, uh, uh, when, you, when you do this thing, when you play this game, cause Novak, you're right. When you start coming as being a, a, a disruptor, then you probably get some people saying, well, you know what? We don't want this guy uh, representing us. So far as the answer to the question is, what happened? My thing is, you probably had somebody pump something in his ear, want to keep this narrative going. Far as uh, the movement with Black Lives Matter and everybody, far as racial uh, equality and stuff like that, it's a good movement. It's it's what we need. The movement is great with Black Lives Matter. Everybody, what everybody's doing right now. But hey, you know what? Still got business to take care of. Still got basketball. It's other lives and other things that need to be going on. And um, that's all I got for that. So um, I feel like on this one, I feel like I'm leaning more towards where Novak was. But I definitely respect your your viewpoint on that because there is a large population that agrees with you, uh, Jules, in the sense that we do need to go on. Um, My fear with this whole situation when it comes to Kyrie is the fact that I don't think the NBA should come back. I think the Kyrie is right. Um, I think people need to listen to the message here and not really focus on the messenger. I think a lot of people are looking at it because it's coming from Kyrie Irving. And I think that you have Woj, you have Kendrick Perkins, who's a freaking clown that this guy is doing everything that he can for clutch sports and the NBA to try to discredit, you know, Kyrie and what his message is. Because I think, I do agree that the NBA returning right now would be a distraction. It's going to be a distraction in regards to the social justice movement because right now we don't, we've never had as much attention and focus on this issue in this country as we do right now. 
And my fear is if we start getting those guys back out there shooting the ball and starting to play games, you're going to have people's attention being diverted back to basketball. Also, not to mention, we're still in a full-on fucking pandemic that people in these organizations seem to conveniently try to gloss over and, and ignore. So my whole thing is I just feel like right now people are trying to smear Kyrie. And I think that those players, if they do take a stand here and not play, think about the message that sends. Because like you brought up earlier in the conversation, Novak, this is all about economics. Money talks, right? But the players in this situation have the power. And I think that right now is their time to be able to use that power. The only, the only problem the only problem I'm having is these players and stuff out there marching and stuff, they're around people, they're around millions of people out there. So if you can be out there protesting and marching with all, with all your, 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 your brothers and sisters and all that stuff, you can go over there, you can play some games. It's not, you, you can do both. You can still play. There's, there's thousands, millions of people that still is going to keep this thing moving. You can, keep the, you can keep doing what you're doing. You can play ball and keep the narrative going. Why? Why the world? Go- you you gotta. We 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 get we're in this situation. Listen, the NBA. What he Kyrie wants more minorities in these in these front offices and stuff like that. Okay, seventy six but seventy six percent of the NBA is African American. Forty three percent of the uh uh what you got you got nine nine coaches thirty two teams you got nine coaches. Okay, Michael Jordan I think right now is the only sh- major owner of an NBA team. And you do have other minorities. You, you do have other blacks that's, you know, that's that, that share, share owners. Because you got, you got Jay-Z in Brooklyn. You got, uh, you know, I think Will and Jada Smith for the Philly and Ursula Raymond with Cleveland and stuff. Grant Hill with Atlanta and stuff. So, and then NBA is also saying they're going to celebrate. They're going to treat uh, uh, Juneteenth is going to be the uh, uh, holiday. Things are moving. Things are moving. Things are happening. You're not. This is not gonna. This is not gonna stop. Is what I'm saying. But we do have to. People in in collective do have to say. Here's our. Here's what we like to see. Okay, we'll see this, and then. But we still got to keep keep moving. That, that's all I'm saying. You can do. You can do. You can do both. The basketball players they can play basketball and keep the narrative going. I think. I. See, that's that's what I say about it. I mean, I understand where Kyrie's coming from in that situation. I also think it's weird that the person that he's challenging has not said a word back. You know, uh, that person out there, basically, who who's pulling all the strings in the background is LeBron. I mean, LeBron's pulling those strings because this is last chance to win the NBA championship of some sort. But yeah. And yeah, also, right. and also, this comes down to legacy with him. He's putting legacy over health right now, and I do agree. And, and I know Kyrie's been a disruptor about this situation, but at the same time, you know, sports. Yeah, we we need something positive to happen, but the positivity shouldn't happen on the court. It should happen with grown men sit down. You know what? Let's televise. Let's televise. Let's televise NBA players sitting down with these owners, working out these social differences. And then basically making the league a better place. So we resume basketball later next later this year. We're all in a better place. I think to play basketball with no change in the NBA right now doesn't make any sense at this point. Because I think that, you know, we all know they can dribble basketball. But the question is, life after basketball is what I'm upset about 
a lot of these players lead this game that they put so much into. They made these owners so much money. You know, white owners, Michael Jordan, black owner included, made them so much money in this situation. These guys walk away with what they had when they came into the game. They walk away with bad mm-hmm. knees, you know, chronic health issues, mental illness. Yeah, and then basically you end up reading an article about a player who's looking crazy somewhere, like Gerald Williams this week. You know, right. had a, had a right. mental had a mental episode. This guy was a man there back in the day. So you got to ask yourself, was the was the money was all that money good money at this point? I mean, I think that you know we need to do more than just do NBA cares and go clean up a house in, in the hood every year during All Star break. Because if you carried that same energy you carried to the All Star break every year you know, 365, wouldn't have a hood at this point. There's too many black people with too much money that don't do enough. That's what the damn situation is right now. And they're not high enough in positions to affect change at this point. And that's what I think Kyrie is talking about. I think he had a change of heart because he thought about it. Yeah, you get back out there and play and who? And I think somebody touched him, and I think he saw the bigger picture. And I, you know, and Kyrie ain't the most pro-black man on earth at this point. Kyrie is more... When Kyrie, when Kyrie get, woke up and said, this isn't right, then something must be wrong. Because Ky- Kyrie doesn't see the world the way LeBron sees the world, you know, the racial injustice and stuff in the world. Now, something really spurred Kyrie to feel a certain way. No, you, you're right about that, Novak. And you know the shit that I don't like with this situation is now we're seeing the, uh, we seeing the bullshit. Now when Kyrie speaks up, you got Stephen A. Smith out here tap dancing. And as I mentioned earlier, you got Kendrick Perkins fucking cooning it up and carrying the league's water. And I don't I don't like that because what I see right now is I see them trying to make division within the players. And I don't like that shit because right now, this isn't about money. This should be about the movement. This should also be about the fact that these players, as you mentioned, uh, Novak, putting on a, a fucking Black Lives Matter shirt over your uh, jersey when you're warming up to play basketball, that ain't cutting it. These guys have an opportunity right now to influence this situation and what's going on in the world right now. And I think that they make more uh, traction by not playing. That sends a clear message to not only the league, but it, it sends a clear message to the world. Um, and I think that they should prioritize the movement over money. And you brought up a great point related to LeBron James because his silence in this situation has been extremely loud. Yeah, because he basically wants to get back up and win the championship. He don't give a damn about people dying out there in this situation. Now, you know, he, he cares about, well, I mean, rephrase that. He cares about the fact that, you know, George Floyd just got killed. He cares about Breonna Taylor. But when it comes down to his own personal justice right now, basically, he, he's, a, he's a selective uh, protester at this point. Now, if, if, he, if he has all this power at the table, and Kyrie has all this power, Kyrie's using his power, LeBron could change the whole league just by saying no. If the, if the NBA's biggest star says no, then you're going to see more minority hirings, you're going to see mental health care, you're going to see all that. He, he had, right now, he's in a position of power. He's not, using that, he's not using that power. Kyrie is taking what little power he has and trying to make a change at this point. And then the NBA is playing that narrative that, you know, secretly on the download is that Kyrie is, is trying to challenge LeBron's authority. I mean, he's not challenging LeBron's authority. He's challenging the NBA's authority. The, the face of the NBA is LeBron James. So they're making this a personal thing between two black men at this point. It's not right. a personal that's, that's, thing. That's that, and that's that division I don't like, man. Yeah, it's not a personal yeah. thing between those two. I mean, those two still going to chop it up after this is over. They're going to shake hands. They're going to talk on the phone as they do, even though the media always wants to believe that they hated each other. 
They didn't hate each other. It's just it's business at the end of the day. You know, Kyrie gonna speak his piece. LeBron ain't gonna agree with him. They gonna shake hands. They gonna still be brothers at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Because it's more to life than this basketball stuff. I mean, I understand that people are upset. We need something positive to do. What more time? What better time is it right now to do something positive by changing the things that are fucked up? This is the best time to do it. You can reset the whole country right now in like about thirty days. Besides, you know, yeah, people people need to make money, but it's more to it than money. You can reset the you can reset the NBA, and the NFL could follow suit at this point. That's right. That's right. See, now you're talking about the domino effect, right? Yeah, because think about it. They were the first league to shut it down, so everybody shut down after them. They, you know, right now they are the. I agree. I agree with Jules. They are the pioneer in terms. Of if they can get it right, everybody else can get it right. So they can use their platform differently than what they're going to do right now. I mean, I want to see them play, but that's the selfish part of me. You know, the, the being realistic and honest part of me says we don't need to play right now. We need to fix these problems because once they start playing, it's going to turn into who's the greatest or who, who's who's the guilt for the next fucking three months. And that be, that means all this civil unrest and all the shit they tore up, it went out the window. That's what that means. And it's going to happen again. They're going to tear it up again in five years or something when the next person gets shot or killed. See, I, 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 see here's, the, here's the thing with me. While I'm, while I'm looking at somebody else is going to get shot and killed. Yeah. There's going to be plenty of others after that. Well, hold on. So, well, hold on, brother. Let me, let me, real quick. You're right. But to Novak's point, that's why we don't play. Cause we need to fix this shit. Uh, yeah, man, I don't know if you. I see. I don't know. If, I don't know if you can fix this in, in thirty days. I don't know. People want expedient results. I don't know if you can get that. You know what I'm saying? That's why. You know, with the whole plan, the M- the MBPA have six weeks to devise a plan of action and two months to relay this to the uh to the to the to the league. I mean, it gets, it's going to take time. So. Why not? Okay, we devise a plan. We get a plan in place, and then you know we can still we can still play. It's not. I'm saying the movement is so strong. It's not going to change anything. We're gonna have basketball. That's the only thing gonna change. We're gonna change. See who's going who's gonna win this championship. Um, but the this this movement is so strong. I don't think it's gonna go anywhere. That's. I mean, that's just my opinion. Well, but so this is my thing, Drew. Because you you know what you bring up a good point, man. You say okay. Fine. You know, the movement is strong. But what is it hurt by us just basically taking this time to really focus on what's going on in our country now and not worry about LeBron trying to win a championship that he's not going to win anyway? So what 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 does what it hurt? Because <laughs> I agree with you. I'm not under any sort of impression that we're going to basically be able to wipe away 400 years of fucking BS overnight. You're right. You're not going to be able to do that. But I still think what Novak was saying is is very true in the fact that we have to use this time right now to execute. Come up with a plan. You need to hold these people's feet to the fucking fire right now because the players have that influence. And it's sad that a guy like LeBron James that wields this power and he's not using his power in this situation to affect change because he has ulterior motives. And Patrick Beverly brought up a huge point in the fact that said, if King James wants to hoop, we fucking hoop. Okay. Mm-hmm. He controls I, So. Right, so he controlled it because he's on a different. See, 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 LeBron James on a different. He on a, he in the league all by himself. You got to understand. So, some things people are are passionate about. Some people just just not. So, it's, there's going to be division no matter what. It's all about what the NBA. Listen, whoever runs the NBA is all what they 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 run the show. 
They call the shots. Now, if they want to say, hey, listen, we got this plan in place where you can be healthy and we can find, figure out who can win this championship. Okay, now, Novak, you said that some cats, they might need this, they might need this bread. They probably don't have no other choice. So I, that, I, I'm just, man, I'm just, I'm just saying. But that's the they, change. They can still, they can still use the, their platform and still, still run with this thing and, and promote what, what, what the world is, is doing right now. So think about this. So you know, you just mentioned about some people need this bread, right, in order to survive. Mm. Now, now you know, the average man, you know, in this country makes forty, fifty thousand dollars a year, right? An exceptional man is making sixty to eighty. Somebody mm-hmm. making six figures out there is better off than the person making forty, right? And there's some people making making millions of dollars a year at this point, right? So I get pissed off when I see these guys in this league making millions of dollars, but now they got financial problems. That mm-hmm. means that that means that the NBA, that means the players also need to have some accountability. They need to sit down and fix this thing. That means that, you know, like my mom always says, there's no income you can't outspend. At this point, and what you and, and what you see right now in this situation is that um, these are millionaires that basically said they're broke, and it's sad and pathetic because the, it, the I ain't seen a broke owner yet. You know what I mean? I ain't seen a broke owner yet, maybe a broke owner in any major sport mm-hmm. that say, "Hey, and you, you won't, never you won't, you and won't, you won't." And, you won't. Right. and that's that's why I look at these players like, man, I know Kyrie started that thing about starting his own NBA, his own league. And I thought that that was more just him just being, you know, that was him being a little bit more like trying to, well, he was, he was trying to provoke thought at that point. You know what I mean? But at the same time, if the players said F the NBA and all walked to the door or said we ain't playing into, the, into these minority positions to field or we get better, more head coaching opportunities or we get ownership or you guys get back more to these communities, it would happen. It would happen in a heartbeat. The NFL could do the same damn thing. Hockey, mm-hmm. nah. And the, it, it, <laughs> hockey, no, hockey, they be like, you can take these four black people, put them on a bus, and they go, they, they go, they go, they go, they go, they go, they go, more expendable. They go, more expendable. They be yeah. like, what you say, yeah. black guy? There's no Juneteenth in hockey. You know, it's like, but I think that, you know, you know, the thing is, it's sad because one, you got all this struggle. These guys are the faces of their communities. When they do something wrong, they go to jail, they get talked about, they get slandered, they're broke, they're homeless. Delonte West, prime example. That's where NBA carries my ass sometimes, man. You think about this. If they set this thing up right, there won't be any more Delonte West that's on the street. These people will get the right mental health care stuff they need. I mean, Kyrie has been talking about mental health because DeMar DeRozan and a couple other players struggle from this stuff. Kevin Love. Kevin Love. And the thing about it is, he gonna put somebody with mental health issues in a bubble for games. Think about this: if Kevin Love's got, <laughs> you know, he gonna put these guys in a bubble. People with mental mm-hmm. health issues and health conditions in a bubble, and you are gonna tell them be normal? There's too much stress going on. Stress is the main trigger that makes some people have these episodes. So I worry about what the NBA is doing right now. And I don't think it's the right time because. They have a hard enough time getting these guys to focus inside the city and not kill each other and stuff like that, or not get caught in domestic violence and stuff like that. That's because, you know, you got players coming in younger and younger, skipping college. So the NBA's got to do a better job of teaching guys how to take care of their finances. They also got to, they also got to be partners with the players instead of, instead of the players being the mules right now. They're not partnering with them. They're, these guys are expendable. That's why, that's yeah. why I think it's a good time to change the way that sports is done because it has to be a partnership. 
you know, they bring you a cut in your salary and said, take it or leave it or give us 25% of your salary. The owners ain't taking 25% cuts. I want, them, I want them to take a cut with me. I want you to take a knee with me. That's the best way to put it. I want you to come back. <laughs> I want you to come back and tell me, hey, I understand what you're going through. Maybe some, maybe we could teach you guys, you know, that's that whole broken dynamic of the black household right now. You got men becoming men with lots of money and making bad decisions and with no type of guidance. And, you know, you know, Chris Paul's and stuff in the world, you know, these guys got their, they got their money up front. So they basically are rushing you to play because they want to keep the rest of that money. That's what that's about. They're going to get 100% of their salary down there. And so you know what? No the rest thing. of these guys are playing the pink. Yeah, yeah. No, I was gonna say real quick, you 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 bringing that that fire, man, and, and and man, thank you so much. And our our audience, I hope you guys are listening to these words because, I mean, he's definitely just putting it all out there. I, I wanted to just say one thing about what you mentioned about those top level players. Those guys are the top twenty players in the league. Those are the guys that are making all the money. Mm-hmm. So you have the haves versus the have-nots, and I do understand what you're saying about some of these guys that are millionaires, but they basically are forced to have to play. And a lot of these guys are probably going to have to play regardless of if they want to not play or not, because they have to financially. So you have a situation now where you have the haves versus the have nots. And you got a lot of these younger players in the league that are maybe on a vet or like not a vet, but a minimum contract or or a 10 day contract or a two way contract. Mm -hmm. These guys have to play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the way that that system, if you look at the way that system designed in the NBA, mm-hmm. it's already designed to divide those guys. You're right. You're right. It, it, it's superstar versus role player. And these role players basically are looking at the superstars like, I need this money. I need this money. But that goes back to something that was said recently by Kyrie Irving said it was pretty funny. He talked about, you know, he talked about, he called it, he called it the world of Gucci and Prada and everything else. There are guys out there wearing brands, you know, and it was so funny. He said guys wearing brands that don't care about them. I mean, he's been really strong lately in his words, in his verbiage. And so, and I, I, I agree with him in that situation. I mean, like, you know, Kyrie's wearing Nike 24-7, you know, which is hilarious. So is LeBron. But at the same time, LeBron, LeBron's relationship with Nike is much bigger than, than Kyrie's relationship with Nike. LeBron has the ability to make Nike do things that, that Kyrie can't. He has the ability to make the NBA stand up and change the way they do business and make these, you know, get these guys better contracts and better health care. So here's, here's the thing. Right. The, I, I believe I read they uh, want to work on contracts and also uh, health care for ret- retired players. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, can it be, is it realistic and can it be done is the question where, you know what I'm saying, like, prayers, you said they have and have nots. You ain't going to pay no role player the, the top-notch money. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's almost like, you know, how, how do you work that is what I'm asking. You know what I'm saying? And then, like I said, it's, it's going to take time for everything. I know everybody want, you know, we, in the, we live in the age where everything, everybody want everything quick in their way and this and that. Listen, you're not going to get everything your way. Everything's not going to be done overnight and stuff. It's gonna take time. That's why. I'm, I, that's why I'm like, I, I I get it, I get it. We want we want change in the NBA or NFL or NASCAR or or, or Major League Baseball and soccer and everybody's all freaking lovely and full of butterflies nowadays. But I mean, it's like <laughs> we we gotta be let's be we gotta be with less let's 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 give it some time. We let's put let's put a plan in place. Here's what we want. 
and they're going to come back and say, okay, you can get some of this. You ain't getting that. Get the hell out of here. And all right, we, we're good with that. And that's going to happen. And we can't be butthurt if, if, we, if we don't get our way all the time. That's all. Well, one thing that I was going to just say here um, uh, is be on the lookout for the league to pull some bullshit if these players do decide to uh, to sit out the season. I don't know if you guys looked at it, but – The CBA? Yes, right. They, the <laughs> NBA, they can actually terminate the CBA if the players don't come back. And you know what that will do? That will trigger a lockout. And they can also slash the player salaries. And the union would have little to no leverage. So just watch the NBA because I'm telling you, you're going to see the gangster shit happen if these players try to use that influence. So, so President Novak, what that tell you? What it tell you? Well, there, it, it, it tells me that, you know, you're playing on a very uneven playing field right now. That's the reason why I say you got to fix it at this point. But also it gives them leverage because if there's no product, then how do you get that big TV deal? So you got you to gotta understand that. But they still might even break down some of those role players to take, you know, or get replacement players from Europe and stuff like that. I mean, I think, I think, I think the best way to fix the problem is, like what, what, what the 76ers did with Allen Iverson. Now think about that deal. So they knew Allen Iverson was screwing up cash, right? So they paid him less up front, and they put the money away in trust funds. So as Allen Iverson ages, ages, you know, gets older, he's getting that money at the end with interest pretty much paid back to him yeah. over time. So but you what know what, I, Novak? Yeah. His, his, his manager went to the team and asked him to do that. He also asked Reebok uh-huh. to do that as well. Smartest thing ever happened. That's smart. That's, yeah, that's smart. That's what that's what these players should be doing. What they should be doing is like, you know, it's almost like when you work for somebody, right? And they pay you a salary, and all you take home is that salary. And when they get tired of you or you don't want to work there anymore, you move on, and all you take is that money you made for them. If you saved any of that money, right? The the problem with America is that, you know, in general, is that you know, a lot of these companies need a lot of these these own these um, you know, these employees and stuff to invest back in the business or become part of the business. So, you know, they always say think like an owner, right? But the problem with thinking like an owner is I ain't getting paid like an owner or I have no vested interest. My name's not on that wall, so why are we going to extra mile? And I think that's the thing with the NBA and these major sports leagues is that they got to find a way to partner with the players differently than just paying them a salary. They got to find a way also to spread the game. The game is not spreading right now. The NBA is confined to those 30 teams. There should have been a team in Seattle by now. The reason there's no team in Seattle, that's, that's political. Now, you mean to tell me you can't give, you know, all those Seattle Hoopers out there a home, if you know what I mean, or, or make – or you or, or you know what I mean, or you make like a, a Jamal Crawford, somebody, a, a owner of a, a franchise at this point in Seattle, to face a Seattle, a Seattle basketball team. Those are the things I worry about because unless somebody from the establishment, I call it the Good Boys Club, basically decides they want to put a team in Seattle, it's not going to happen. I mean, they've been begging for a franchise out there. They've been begging for a franchise in St. Louis. The problem is there's nobody, there's nobody other than people of color that want teams in these areas. But at the same time, they put it out there, they're gonna make money on it. I mean, you know, and that's what I want the NBA to open up and, and broaden out a little bit more. Like, you know, put a team in Seattle. Let the players run a team. Have you ever seen a work? Have you ever seen any team out there besides the Mike, the Michael Jordan on team where the management is black or the management is minority at this point? Or even or or even or even females at this point, or even a, a woman-based NBA team that basically have a different agenda than the Chicago Bulls or the Knicks. I mean, that's 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 the stuff that we're missing right now in sports. It's not diverse enough at this point. 
We've been playing for too damn long. We've been hooping and shooting for too long not to have a vested interest in what we do every day. And you know what, Novak? That's the progressive ideas that I think right now these players could basically enact if they if they step up to the plate. I mean, look at Maya Moore. She put her career on the line in the WNBA. She's one of the top players in that league. Mm-hmm. She walked away from the game, and she has thrown her full support into the social justice movement. This is a person that's at the top of her peak in her career, her earning potential, and she said, fuck playing, that there's bigger and more important things going on out here in the world. And for our listeners, if you're not familiar with Maya Moore, please Google her because her story is, is amazing. And, and I really think that these players in the NBA – have an opportunity right now to really enact real change. Fellas, man, this was a really good segment. Um, I wanted to basically kick it over to you guys and ask, so based on the NBA's new format and basically with the way the playoffs would work, if this thing goes the way that it looks like it may go and they may end up having a season, which team do you guys think will win the title? I got the Clippers. You got Clippers? Yeah, because think about it. This is a shortened, abbreviated season. This is load management on steroids for for for, Ky- for Kawhi Leonard. And George, and, you know, and Paul George basically is gotten healthy, and they gonna they just gonna take turns dropping loads off on people, man. They gonna take turns scoring on people. It's hard to guard. It's hard to defend these guys knowing that they only got a certain amount of games to play. So they gonna leave everything out there. Those two are gonna be animals to deal with. And Joe Keno got signed. Get out of here. Yeah, he's yes, a sir. He, he's, yeah. On, he's, he's on the longest 10-day contract in NBA history. Yep. <laughs> okay. he had some, how's, how's them knees, though? It don't matter. You just need Joe screaming over there. When you <laughs> see LeBron on the court, man, his energy is enough to be enough to carry the Clippers to the championship. Okay. I didn't even know that, man. You know what? When I was thinking about this uh, this question, this topic here, I was like, man, you know what? The Lakers, it, Lakers hands down. But you know what? The one good thing about this here is it pretty much is anybody's ball game, really. It's all about who wants it more now. And who There's an opportunity. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? Right, you're right, uh, Jules. It is it's wide open right now, right? Yeah, it's open. You can get a sleeper in there and, 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 and take it all the way. You know what I'm saying? Because like you said, Novak, it's going to take time for players to get, get acclimated, get, get in shape and stuff, and, and back, back in basketball shape at that. So – some team might just get fired and just catch fire and just keep going. So I had Lakers. Um, I'm going to stick with the Lakers because, you know, you got that that uh, uh, James and uh, Davis uh, duo with uh, Kuzma and stuff like that. So, But it, it's, it's up for grabs, though. I, uh, I think I'm leaning towards where, uh, where Brother Novak is with, uh, with the Clippers. And the reason why I give the advantage to the Clippers – it's just because of the amount of time that Kyrie, I'm not uh, Kawhi and uh, and Paul George have had to be able to rehab and, and rest their bodies. Because you guys realize Paul George, his body has broken down over the last couple of seasons, and so you got to think about what this break has been able to do for him. He's been able to rest. He's probably been able to do some rehab on that shoulder. Kawhi's been able to take that pressure off his knees, which is going to be great. And that Clippers team is really deep. Uh, they they have a, a really good bench and really good young players on that team. I mean, I, it's going to hurt Montrez Harrell on free agency, I think, right now because <laughs> the fact you got this abbreviated season for him, I think that a lot of his good moments got lost in translation. 
you know, we we'd never see how good his season could have been because it got delayed. He was having an awesome season. And you know what? What my my fear is? My fear is the Western Conference Finals, or however they're going to put this together. If the Clippers and the Lakers match up, my fear is that's going to be a better series than what the NBA Finals will be. Oh, NBA Finals going to be trash. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it'll, be, I mean it's, it'll be what Milwaukee? It'll be Milwaukee out of the East. I don't even know. I think I think I think it's Toronto getting. I think it's Toronto getting out of the East because the thing okay. about it is they got the foundation. Even without Kawhi Leonard out there, basically they still kicking ass. They still yeah, rolling. They still, they still, mean, yeah. They're built like the Spurs. You know, you know, you know. They built that team to, to just take parts in and out, and that's the way all sports should be built. They built it's more departmentalized how they deal with their players. The Clippers are getting like that almost a certain point. But you got two superstar seats out there, two star seats, and the rest of them are role players. Now, Toronto, there's no star out there, unless you want to count Kyle Lowry. And Kyle Lowry ain't nothing graceful about watching Kyle Lowry play. But you know, he's a hard worker. He's a dog. And basically, that mentality, that street mentality, that, that, that Philly, that Philly in him, basically, is what carries that team. It's his, it's his personality. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean they, they're going to get out the East, man. I mean – Philadelphia, they're softening baby shit, man. You know, yeah. I, you know, <laughs> I'm so tired of seeing Ben Simmons having great workouts and then get on the court, and I don't know who that is. He shoot jump shots and workouts and everything, but he get on the court, ain't no jump shot going up. You know, Ben's Ben's back issues are very hard to, to fix, especially especially for a young player. For a young player with a back issue, mm-hmm. and then um, you know, Embiid, I think it's on borrowed time there. I think he's out. He's out as soon as he finds a way to get out of there. They guaranteed that contract. You know, for the last three years, they can move him. Now you can trade him. At this point, he got three years on a on a on a very on a not so good deal. That can go out there and get you a bunch of players back. I, I tell you one thing. You bring up a good point with that. I think the way that the the Sixers did that re that rebuild, they messed that thing up because when they went in and, and they fucking got Tobias Harris and they maxed him. Uh, they, they let Jimmy go. They signed uh, Horford. I mean, you guys really just they, – they took a good situation that they had, and they just basically just set it on fire. They tore up the core. They, they were impatient enough. They're so – see, the problem is, is, if you think about – when they originally built that team, they were building that team to fight off Cleveland, right? And everybody made this, the mistake of trying to build to fight the king, you know, in that situation. The Bulls, we made the same damn mistake in Chicago. We blew up our core – because we thought we couldn't get around him. He wanted to leave any damn way. So to think about it, if you think about it, if you keep these cores together a little bit longer in the NBA, you may have more success long term. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler should, should have been a 76er. They got rid of their dog. And when I got Agent Al Horford, and then you got Tobias Harris, who don't guard nobody. So no, he don't, he, he don't guard defenders. He don't guard anybody. He's a max player. He's a He's he's a he's a he's a two A player. He's not a, <laughs> you know he's not he's not a two. He's a two A. I like Tobias Harris game offensively, but defensively he ain't guarding nobody. And you know you got LeBron James going downhill at eighty miles per hour, and you and you soft, or you just no. don't guard people. That's an and one every time. That's why I get upset. These grown men are watching LeBron just plow down the lane. You go like who's got the balls to say six foot two Patrick Beverly to get in his way? Mm. Nobody does it. I mean Patrick hey. Beverly. Awesome kid, you know, gets in the middle, gets in the middle of everything. That's a dog. That's Chicago. That is West side. Right there. West side. That is true. Salute. <laughs> now, 
but you know what though? You, you bring you bring up a good point with Jimmy Butler. I'm not the hugest Jimmy Buckets fan. You know, you guys know that from when he played here for the Bulls. But I will tell you one thing: I'll never take away from that guy that he's a dog. He plays the game the way I think a lot of these guys should play the game because Jimmy's not the most athletic guy on the court. He's not the most skilled guy on the court. But I tell you one thing: nobody's going to outwork that guy in the Sixers. Nobody. That that was a miss. Nobody. I, I just wish sometimes him and Derek had got on the same page. Oh my God, mm-hmm. you see it sometimes. I think what happens, Derek mentally, and they were on different pages mentally. Jimmy didn't think he was working as hard as Jimmy. Don't think anybody worked as hard as he worked, and I probably don't in that situation. That's a guy who came from nothing who made something, made something great out of himself. I mean, nothing, nothing bad to say about him. You know, besides, sometimes I don't agree with him as a person sometimes, but as a basketball player, he made the ultimate sacrifice to be who he is. He definitely did. He definitely did. Well, fellas, man, this was a, a great conversation. Listeners, I hope you guys learned a little bit more about, you know, the league's plans to, to restart the NBA and hope you guys, you know, picked up a couple of uh, different perspectives on, you know, just maybe some of the ramifications for why the league should not restart and then also looking at what the players potentially have to lose. With that being said, I want to kick it over to Novak for our curtain call, our final segment here on the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast. Well, one of the things we want to do is we want to send this curtain call out to the Portland Trailblazers organization. They were the only team to vote against the league's proposal to restart the NBA season in Orlando. And what that shows there pretty much, it shows that that organization – you know, what was willing to listen to their players and try to gauge if this is something they should be doing. They also realized that there's a social element to restarting the season. There's a social reform element to that. So they had the, they had the balls out of all the teams out there to say no in that situation. That's something you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't really see in sports or corporate America or anywhere in that regard. And, you know, I think that, I think also, you know, even seeing like, you know, like the way they support Damian Lillard, the way they support C.J. McCollum, the way they, you know, they take care of their players. I mean, that's a world-class organization right there. I mean, I like the way they do business. And then C.J. actually had a quote out there that said he enjoys playing for an ownership group that actually listens to his players and has a backbone. That sends shots all over the league because there's a lot of organizations out there that has no, that has no backbone. They're just, you know, the organizations being ran by people for pure profit or their family inherited. There's a lot of owners that should be owners. I wish that some people who don't believe in what's on the floor should sell the organizations and sell it to people with that passion, that drive to help that, you know, help the organization do more than just <laughs> fill seats in, the, in the arena at this point. And, y'all, you know, CJ also said he felt that, you know, they listened to his teammates' voices and they basically, you know, voted against that situation. So, yeah, you know, we definitely want to commend uh, the Portland Trailblazers front office for listening to his players and backing them up. And like I mentioned before, this is rare. That type of support goes a long way in creating and maintaining a strong culture within any organization. And it's something that outside of sports, corporate, corporate American teams can learn from at this point because we just don't see enough of that. You know, there are a lot of people who might ask you that question at work, like, or wherever you work at in America, what do you think, how do you feel? I think right now we're at a point in America, it's okay not to be okay. And if, and if, and if that's fine, you're fine with that. If you're not okay with being okay, you know, if I'm not being okay, then you obviously are not watching what's going on right now. 
No, you you definitely right, man. Very 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 good uh, curtain call. The the only thing that I wanted to call out just for our listeners on this is you guys got to think about the fact that we're still in the midst of this uh, in the midst of this uh, pandemic, and I think that that Portland Trails Blazers team, like like Novak said, they used that that influence that they have and they voted against it. And I think that that was really awesome. Uh, Jules, hit us with that final thought. All right, this final thoughts come coming by by Bill Gates at all people. And Bill Gates said, he's a great believer that any tool that enhances communication has profound effects in terms of how people can learn from each other and how they can achieve the kind of freedom that they're interested in. I thought that was powerful what's going on today. And that's that's your today's uh, final thought, Press. Appreciate that. Thanks for that final thought. Um, as always, we want to thank our listeners uh, for their support of the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast. Fellas, this podcast is only two months, uh, you know, and we actually crossed 1,500 downloads earlier this week. And I think if you guys remember, our goal for uh, at the end of uh, the end of June was to have 1,000 downloads. And we've surpassed that by an additional 500 and some odd downloads. So we couldn't do that without our listeners. So we definitely appreciate you guys. And fellas, um, you know, this started out as a, a passion project that's definitely picking up steam. And we, we couldn't be where we are right now without our listeners. So we definitely uh, thank you guys for the support, for listening to the podcast and sharing it with people within your network. So continue to, to rock with us. We're going to continue to keep putting out uh, content that we hope you guys can enjoy. As always, you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can follow this podcast on Spotify. We're also on iHeartRadio. Be on the lookout for our true crime podcast that are going to be coming up uh, next couple of episodes. We're going to get into our true crime bag. So definitely uh, can't wait to get those episodes kicked off and definitely hope you guys enjoy those. We're the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast. Thanks for listening. Peace.